Hello there TJs, it's John here. I recently talked to Mark Bouch, Managing Director of Leading Change UK. He's an experienced and successful management consultant specialising in strategy development, deployment and delivery. And we talked about leadership in the information age. How is this going to change as we get more and more automated, more and more technologically focused? So, do enjoy. So I'm here today with Mark Bouch talking about leadership in the information age. It seems like a rather big topic. Um, but let's see where we go. Let's get into it. How will technology impact the workplace in the, in the coming years, in the next decade, especially from a leadership point of view? I think um, it's almost worth looking backwards over recent past to understand the extent to which technology has actually altered the way we work and interact uh, over the last few years. And uh, thinking particularly of things like collaborative technology um, and uh, the ability to work in highly dispersed teams. But I think when we then start looking forwards, uh, digitization particularly is going to allow us to do much more than that, much more than managing our workflow, collaborating and generating ideas, staying connected, all these things that we pretty much take for granted in business today. Um, technological people are now talking increasingly about um, augmented reality, virtual reality and artificial intelligence, machine intelligence. And I think it's the impact of these technologies which uh, provides exciting opportunities but also sends shivers down corporate spines in terms of uh, the risk of job losses. Uh, I saw an estimate recently that as many as 66 million jobs could uh, be lost in OECD countries alone. So even though some of those jobs may well be replaced, uh, clearly this provides opportunity and uh, threat as these technologies uh, mature. Some of them, of course, we're already seeing augmented and virtual reality. We're seeing wearable technology. Uh, I have experienced the use of uh, virtual reality in a training environment and um, what a difference that's going to be uh, able to make. Uh, so I think there's going to be quite a lot of impact uh, over the forthcoming future. I mean, focusing particularly on artificial intelligence, some good examples uh, are provided by uh, the use of uh, an IBM application called Watson in drug safety because the software has greater ability to manage vast amounts of data uh, and indicate patterns uh, than humans do. Uh, Another example is the application of artificial intelligence to drug discovery, the ability to improve candidate selection and predict patient outcomes. So uh, there are many uh, positive applications that we can see, in, frankly, in our immediate future that are gaining traction now. Uh, and some commentators are already saying that potentially AI could provide the means to cure uh, many significant diseases. Uh, so I think the impact is absolutely uh, huge, uh, although uh, a final note on that, Stephen Hawking and uh, Elon Musk were quoted as saying that uh, development of full artificial intelligence could also spend, spell the end of the human race. So I think we probably need to approach this with a degree of uh, caution and um, aware of some of the consequences and how to get the best out of these emerging technologies. So, beyond what you've already discussed, and obviously the end of the human race, we, I think we could class as a challenge um, <laughs> to, to, to lead us in the future, but what about opportunities? It feels like we've yeah. moved on from a kind of an adversarial dialogue about AI. It's been in 
the press it's been talked about for quite a while but it seems like there's a bit more of a nuanced discussion now about how we can work with 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 AI so yeah what are the other opportunities which which this will pose leaders in the future well I mean certainly AI focus on that is absolutely a once in a generation technological opportunity uh, and uh, this will change everything whether we like it or not so uh, I think um, absolutely worth looking at the opportunities uh, and some of the challenges we're simply going to have to uh, address. Um, when you look at the other technologies, things like AR and VR, um, the augmented and virtual reality technologies, of course they are very contingent on the devices that are actually used to experience them, whereas AI is a much bigger uh, idea and uh, I, I, I don't want to go into the various forms of AI, but of course we are all already using it in the form of GPS, sat-nav, uh, and some of the emergent technologies that help us to sort of sort out daily routines and schedule and program. Uh, driverless cars we're all aware of. They might not be uh, a reality on the streets, but operationally within the next few years, absolutely these uh, present enormous uh, opportunities. So it's coming, whether we like it or not, um, I think also in the workplace, the people that are increasingly entering the workplace now, some people refer to them as digital natives, um, I think of them as being generation iPhone, um, they expect technology to be an everyday part of their lives. They actually feel naked without it. Um, and you know, employers that are not using this technology and adopting it intelligently in the workplace are going to end up with frustrated and disempowered um, staff. Uh, it's got enormous potential to enable flexibility in our working lives, but we need to work with it. Uh, it'll certainly help us to overcome some of the challenges we have at the moment with uh, skill shortages and uh, the you know, inability to um, resource uh, certain roles, particularly in emergent technologies. Um, some interesting challenges for leaders to manage the relationship, I think, between machines and humans. Uh, and one of the things that I've seen in the press recently which caused me to chuckle and reach for Wikipedia was um, the news that even in UK we're seeing instances of people sabotaging the machines that they're working with and uh, one's reminded of the Luddite movement in the early 19th century. Uh, so the fight back has already started but I think the opportunities hugely outweigh uh, the challenges the opportunities for people, uh, are not, it's not all about job losses, the opportunities are to do more worthwhile work, work with more purpose involving more creativity, uh, higher value work rather than those tasks which reasonably should be automated. So how's this going to change the role of leadership then? How, how are leaders going to have to adapt what they do now to this technology, not just AI, but you know, to the information age in general as that changes? Yeah, I mean, so that particularly is an interesting question because uh, I think the opportunities allow leaders the potential to be a great deal more productive by shedding some of the more routine uh, administrative tasks involving data. And actually I'd include in that quite a lot of routine decision making that is driven by data where machines, frankly, are more often than not going to be able to produce better answers uh, than humans. Um, I think leaders, 
primary responsibility is to identify ways that uh, artificial intelligence can be used to improve the quality of human experience at work. They need to make sure that we're using AI to achieve human benefits. And that's an interesting, almost sort of philosophical and ethical argument, I think, about when it is right to adopt AI and when it isn't. Uh, certainly, that is a valid um, argument to look at when you're looking at the impact on the nature of work and how many people are going to be employed. Clearly, it's not just an argument about productivity and quality. It's also a potentially a socio-economic argument um, that uh, takes place on a on a bigger stage. Um, I think leaders are as I previously mentioned, going to need to manage the relationship between human and machine. What tasks humans need to be doing and what tasks uh, can be delegated to machine. I use the word delegate um, intentionally because we need to remain in charge of that decision-making process. I think the leaders that will get to the forefront are those that find ways to harness the power of uh, some of these technologies uh, bundled up as sort of intelligent machines, speech recognition, virtual object recognition, automated decision making, natural language processing, all the sort of buzz terms that uh, go around this. Um, breakthroughs in these technologies are going to be fairly, I think, fairly quick, fairly unpredictable, and uh, leaders are going to need to uh, be able to harness um, those uh, fairly quickly. Um, in terms of the underlying role of leadership, the thing that I um, am puzzling with at the moment is, has the fundamental lead nature of leadership actually changed? Or is there a sort of enduring set of principles or beliefs around leadership that are the same irrespective of the technology? And uh, I think that um, that needs to be tested whether the fundamental nature of leadership is the same or it's merely the, the, uh, the context for leadership has changed. That's, that's sort of, I mean, we've kind of answered uh, most, some of the next question at least, which is about the true purpose of leadership, which is, you know, that's, that's fine. Um, but we're kind of alluding, I guess, to uh, leadership being more kind of I guess more collaborative, less didactic, and and certainly more wide-ranging. If you're working, if you're going to be in charge of a workforce which isn't entirely human, you know, it's it sounds like the uh, the domain of sci-fi, really, but it really isn't. And like you said earlier, it, we're we're kind of dealing with it already in in lots of areas. So, do you think this is a time for uh, people who are more generalist in their leadership skills rather than specialist, or? Yeah, interesting question. I think um, I think some of the technical functions that leaders perhaps uh, grow used to performing will increasingly be performed by machines, or at least machines will have the ability to perform those functions. Uh, and that means that um, humans, leaders, can very quickly, potentially, uh, almost be competing with machines to do certain roles. And uh, I think that's an unequal struggle, because in a lot of roles, machines clearly have the advantage should we choose to adopt them. So what should leaders be doing? And I, th I, th I, think, um, I think you've um, uh, shone the spotlight on a, a more uh, generalist role for leaders. Um, the essential nature of leadership 
I, get, I reach back actually to uh, the early 2000s and some of Professor John Cotter's work uh, where he defined the essential purpose of leadership. It's only one view, but it's one that uh, I, I think is useful for this purpose. And he talked about uh, the essential role of um, leadership and management and how the two systems complemented each other. So management, he defined as coping with um, complexity, uh, bringing order and predictability to things, whereas leadership, broadly speaking, was about preparing people and organisations to adapt to change and cope with it. So it seems to me, using that framework, that some of those management tasks that leaders are very used to performing and probably regard as leadership tasks today will increasingly be performed more effectively by machines in our lifetime. And therefore, the role of leadership focuses on that preparing people and organisations to adapt and cope with change. So leadership is just as, if not more relevant in the digital age or the information age uh, as it was in the industrial age, but it has a slightly different uh, form, a different emphasis, if you will. Management tasks will become automated and leaders will have more time to focus on the people-related tasks. This is why yeah, a lot of people have been saying that this is where soft skills are really going to take off. I mean, it, it, they've been important for a long time, but but the whole fact that the value that uh, various AI processes can deliver will be in the kind of the data department. So, so you'll find leaders kind of the the, the the leaders that differentiate themselves are going to be the ones with really good uh, soft skills and people skills, maybe. But you mentioned mastery earlier on. So, our final question is around: Well, will we, will we be servants or will we be masters of intelligent machines? What do you <laughs> like What do you think? One. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I think we have a choice. Absolutely, I think we have a choice to make. Um, if we focus on the things that humans can uniquely do and machines can't, or at least can't yet, um, we're looking at some of the, uh, the essential leadership tasks that involve people. I'm thinking about things like setting a vision, setting direction, uh, aligning and empowering people, motivating and inspiring people. And uh, machines don't really have the ability to do that. Ro robots can make and follow rules, uh, but they don't have charisma, they don't have vision, and they don't really have instinctive behaviour patterns. Um, so I, I do think that um, uh, leaders need to avoid being sort of slaves of machines, need to focus on the things that they uniquely do well, and machines don't. The more we automate, the more that human component is um, important. Uh, of course, if we fail to make the choice, we uh, will quickly become slaves at the points where machines are making decisions that aren't helping us to achieve our objectives, or we're not maintaining control of the things that uh, we do best, uh, i.e. decisions that require empathy, subtlety, uh, and judgment. Uh, we also need to be conscious of the fact that quite a lot of people may well be displaced by intelligent machines. So there's clearly a role for leadership there in helping people to adapt to machines. It would be ironic if we became slaves to machines to try and convince us to change. So I suppose, um, inspired by something I read recently actually, that the key for humans, particularly leadership positions, is to maintain 
a hold on the off switch. And by that I mean the decision mastery looks like deciding is, is it right to do this, irrespective of whether a machine suggests it's a good idea. Uh, and to ask some of the fundamental questions, why are we doing this? Because we're going to have to adapt to the existence of these machines, but we need to do it in the right way. So I prefer to think of us as being masters of robots, but not in, not in terms of uh, dominating robots, but thinking of them as valued colleagues. For example, I think it's entirely likely that intelligent machines will be playing a role on company boards, uh, possibly within a decade, possibly within uh, our lifetime. So the key for humans is to know what we're good at and retain uh, the ability to override the machines. That, down that route, we become a master rather than a slave. Well, fingers crossed. Mark Bouch, thanks very much.